I, I, I don't know. I'm not declaring some new doctrine. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> do you think it was possible John could have been number one disciple? I throw that out as a question. If he saw he must increase, I must decrease, couldn't he have got rid of all his followers and become a follower? Would it not have been better to be a follower than to have followers? Now, he had a lot of followers. He had so many followers, they even thought he was the Messiah. A great company of the priests, a great company of the priests. You know what I feel? This thing needs to move. And that needs to go. So I'm not speaking that way, but I'm speaking to you as well as you. That's better, brother. Bless you. Thank you. That's better. Now, I can't speak to you as well as you. <clears throat> Much better. Do you believe that John, instead of having a lot of followers, could have followed? Is it not a truth? If you're too big to be led, you're too little to lead. Doesn't your authority come out of your submission? If you haven't done your homework, are you ever likely to graduate? Now, the record seems to me, I, I'm offering you this. I'm not speaking in authority. I present it to you. If John had fulfilled or filled full what he'd seen, he must increase, I must decrease. Did he do it? Was this the reason why no angels came like they did for Peter when Peter was in jail? His chains fell off, the prison doors swung open, and he came out. Poor old John, in a prison, lost his head. But before he lost his head, he sent his followers to Jesus with this message, Art thou he that should come? Amazing. Can you see it? This amazing man, no greater ever born from the womb of a woman. Yet, in complete failure, in a prison cell. I'll tell you this, a prison cell is a good place to prove your revelation. I've been there. 1940, I was in prison after three tribunals. 
and I was put in prison <clears throat> for contempt of court. Now, contempt of court isn't a sentence. If you hit the policeman over the head with a beer bottle, you might get six months sentence. If you rob a bank, you might get four years. But if you're put in prison for contempt of court, you stop there forever and ever and ever until you bend your stiff neck. You see, you're like the child at the table, and you say to the child at the table, you'll stop at the table till you eat your crusts. Now that means the ball's your side of the net. You can leave the table when you eat your crusts. But if you're governed by principle and you feel and you've declared, I was mocked and ridiculed. The judge in London said, no doubt you are belonging to a superior generation. You have a golden telephone that, can, that, that, that communicates with the Almighty. You are not like us less superior beings. And he consigned me to jail for contempt of court. Now, <clears throat> when you're in prison, not prisons like now with billiards, associated cells, television. I tell you, in the last war, well, never mind. That's a pity party. Let's forget it. <laughs> but John the Baptist was forsaken. Don't judge him. Maybe you would be the same. Maybe I would. But he questioned his revelation. And he said, Art thou he that should come? Now, in the anointing of God, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, this is he. Afterwards, from a prison cell, he says, Art thou he? And he sends his followers with a message. Should he have had any? Maybe if he had had no followers, he wouldn't have lost his revelation. Because his revelation was, he must increase, I must decrease. Maybe he could have been along with Peter, James, and the other John. Who knows? I don't. But I see a divine principle here. I see this, the difference between what's on you and what's in you. Now, you may run off to wherever you do run, Toronto or anywhere else, and you may be laid out on the carpet and have a good laugh. Now, I've nothing to say about that. I believe countless thousands have been blessed of God, but it's only on them. It's not in them. You see, you come here and you get revelation on you here. But unless your revelation is married to situation, 
out that door, you don't have it. It just evaporates. It's gone. Your revelation must be married to your situation. It's the same principle as marriage. And it's at the altar that you get altered. And if you don't get to the altar, you shack up, you struggle. But it's only at the altar that you get altered. Now at the altar, you lose your identity. You're no longer Miss Smith. You become Mrs. Brown. And you're lost in another. Your identity has gone. And when you come to Jesus, you bear the shame or the fame of his name. And if you're not prepared to bear the shame, you're not able to bear the fame. What happens? What's on is never in. Now, the anointing on is on the spirit. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! That's what my spirit's saying. But until my heart bows and believes when Christ rules in my heart, I don't have it. I don't have it. And what happens? I go out that door thinking I've got what I haven't got. Then when I meet the situation, I don't bow. And I lose even the previous anointing. Revelation, whatever you like to call it. And so, I now deny. This is he, art thou he. Don't you see it with yourself? Are we any different from poor old John? Are you any different? If your revelation only works here, you don't have revelation. It's only when you take it out of that door and your revelation finds a womb in a situation, then you've got it. Now, if it's in, it speaks of fire. It's wrought in and speaks of fire and a hammer. Now, it's all honey in here. Oh, hallelujah, yes, praise God. I'm not judging. I'm acclaiming. That's God's purpose. The anointing is on. The Spirit of the Lord woos me. You know what wooing is? W-O-O. I expect you do. We know in England, I suppose it's the same in America. Have you ever been wooed? 
Have you ever been a wooer? Do something. Wobble your heads one way or the other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? You do? Right. Okay. Now we can proceed. Now this is wooing. This is wooing. Are you comfortable, darling? <laughs> Would you like your shoes? I have a lovely box of chocolates here. Would you like one? You would? Yes. <laughs> you don't want these shoes? Oh, I'll put them back. <laughs> would you like a drink, sweetheart? <laughs> you Yes. Would you like a, 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 a curtain at your back? Yes. We call that wooing. The Spirit of God woos you. Chocolates, cushions, sweets, soft lights, and music. But it's all to an altar. A what? An altar. Oh, what happens at the altar? You get altered. One and one are two, but if one and one should marry, how is it in a year or so there's two and one to carry? <laughs> and you know, it's so wonderful. I'm the father of nine. My oldest boy is 60. I have 45 grandchildren. I remember when I first got married, you know, it's so beautiful, isn't it? so quiet um, darling shall we uh, shall we read uh, from the Psalms this morning yes dear um, should we read Psalm 141 yes dear it's your turn to pray yes dear so we read and we pray and it's so wonderful just us two. But time rolls on. <laughs> and the family come. 
Have you cleaned your teeth? Get upstairs and clean your teeth. Did you wash your neck? Will you stop twisting the dog's tail? I've told you before about you not to. Will you get out? Get, get, get off of your bus. You lose your bus. Oh my God. Oh Lord. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. The difference between the anointing on and the working outside that door. Outside that door, there are flat tires, leaky taps, nagging wives, <laughs> bossy husbands. Of course, in the house of God, we don't boss or nag. We're lost in the spirit. But we come to when we get out the door. <laughs> and the neighbors, nosy neighbors, noisy neighbors, him next door leaves that confounded window down, television blaring away, keeping the baby awake. I don't know. Listen to his listen to his language. How can we bring children up here when he's damning and blasting and cursing and I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> Did you know a heart purity is seeing God in all things? Did you know this is the ultimate? But here's this man, John the Baptist, so wonderful, apparently, they think he's the Messiah. But he finishes up in a prison cell, doubting his revelation. I don't know anything different. I don't have any revelation beyond that revelation. All I know is that John had him, or had on what never seemed to be in. And I'm not permitted to judge John. I don't know. He was the greatest amongst those born of women. But then Jesus said, He that, he that is least in this is greater than the greatest in that. So I presume that Jesus spoke the truth and John wasn't in it. Now, if you see more than me, I'll sit at your feet and I'll listen to you. I'm open for correction. I am not speaking with all the revelation of God. You must listen to me. And I'm simply saying, watch the witness and test what I'm saying. Now, whatever the outcome of John is beside the point, let's get back to me. The man that... I think I am. I'm not. The man I want you to think I am is a lie. Insofar as I live to man, I live a lie. I'm ordinary. I'm ordinary. People say to me, did you know Smith Wigglesworth? Yes. My wife cooked for him. My wife washed his clothes for him. 
I paid his fare when he got on the wrong bus. Oh, well, a mighty man of God doesn't do things like that. He did. I slept in the same bedroom with him. You did? Mighty man of God? Yes. No different to you. Made the same kind of noises that you make in the bedroom. <laughs> How do I know? I was there. Wigglesworth was ordinary. But he knew he was only a plumber. He was abrupt. I never thought of him as good looking. I thought he was rather rude. Abrupt. He had quite a belly on him. Wasn't handsome. Well, I didn't think so. He was ordinary, but he had an extraordinary God. Now, have I got this wrong? Have you got it wrong? Are we aiming to be extraordinary instead of aiming to be ordinary, knowing that we have this treasure in earthen vessels? that the excellency of the power shall be of God, not of us. What is an earthen vessel? A mug. Listen, you mugs. You can be filled with God, as long as you know you're a mug. But if you think you're something wonderful, you'll find God passes you by. Cultivate the aim to be ordinary because that's the truth. You are ordinary. All this business of putting it on pretense, pride, which is a great big balloon that has to be pricked and burst. Oh, would to God the gift would give us to see ourselves not as others see us, but as God sees us. But could I bear it? Could you? Aha, aha, aha. What are you talking about? Bearing. Did you know you'll always have what you can bear? And if you haven't got it, it's because you can't bear it. Now then, if this be truth, you test this. If this be truth, Bearing is related to the man that God says I am. I've got rid of the first man, or have I, believing a lie. I've got rid of the second man, or have I, wanting you to believe I'm somebody wonderful. But now I come to the third man. And you test this one. I am not going to get better. I'm not going to improve. Wasn't that John's revelation? Didn't John say he must increase? Not I must decrease. Not I must increase. I must decrease. And he comes in as I go out. 
And the measure of the incoming is the measure of the outgoing. The measure of the increase is related to the measure of the decrease. And so, as I humble myself, the Lord is exalted. Humbling isn't a virtue. It's an obligation. You ought to humble. Who do you think you are? How dare you exalt yourself in the presence of the living God? I'm ordinary. I get a pressure in the bladder. I have to go to the toilet. When you're an old man of 89, you've got to watch it before you come in the meeting. Not that I'm against, I, you know, I, I do find I have the grace. Do you want to go now, brother? Oh, excuse me, I'm going to the toilet. What? Oh, what? I'm not a god. Are you a goddess? Do I sit and cross my legs and, and pretend? No. I have to be natural. I have to be sensible. I don't drink a lot. My nose isn't dripping. I've no stain on my shirt. And I don't want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> As Americans say. I can't understand that, you know. They say, I want to go to the bathroom, when they don't mean they want to go and have a bath. <laughs> funny, isn't it? But anyway, <clears throat> we're all funny. My old granddad used to say, All's queer, all the world's queer but me and thee, and even these a little bit queer. <laughs> well, now, to keep to the point that I feel I must deliver and then shut up and sit down, you know, we practice this, or we aim to, back at home. Stand up, speak up, and shut up. And if you don't strike oil in five minutes, stop boring. <laughs> now that's body ministry. The spirit divides severally as he will. Well, if the issue is bearing, what happens? There are many, many things I am not able to bear in responsibility. I cannot fly a jumbo jet. If the pilot suddenly walked out and turned to me and said, look, bring this down over Miami. There's a million lights down there. I'm not able to bear the responsibility. If there's a collision on the road, and a man's life's blood is spurting from his veins, and he needs an instant operation on his brain, I am not able to bear the responsibility. I am not a surgeon. Cannot do it. But I realize that God is preparing a people 
What is he preparing a people for? Do you see this? That the anointing on you is to do a work of preparation in you. And if the work isn't done in the situation, you're going to lose the revelation. Now that outside that door is as sacred as in here. Just school, hospital, the street you live in, the farm, the pigsty, the cows, the bus. It's all sacred. Heart purity is seeing God in all things. And I have that privilege. And so do you. Now, we're getting it. We see it in the meeting. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. And as you go out that door, you're now going to be, or are you, going to be married. You'll find the situation, and when your revelation goes into your situation, you're married. It's in. And it's in forever. The difference between on and in. Was it ever in with John the Baptist? I don't know. I really don't know. But it seems to me, poor old John, if he'd really... I, I, I submit this very nervously. I don't want to judge him. But surely, after he saw he must increase, I must decrease, surely he should have said, followers, stop following. I'm going to follow. And could he have been number one disciple? I don't know. But I do know this. As far as you are concerned and I'm concerned, we have the tremendous challenge if you do not do your homework, you'll never graduate. And that homework is a preparation to prepare me for what God can give me if I'm able to bear it. Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them. Am I? Am I? Well, aren't you finished yet? Nearly. <clears throat> Beware of the preacher who says briefly, he never means it. Finally is another desperate word. But uh, I feel I should just tie the ends up and maybe illustrate something. If God is seeking to prepare,